0: I had the incredible privilege of going to Israel 20 years ago. And there was a comment that was made by our tour guide when we were in Israel. He said, when you're here in the Holy Lands, there will come a time where your knees will knock. They'll even give out because you will realize that your Lord and God walked here. That he lived here. It happened in Caiaphas's house. It happened at at uh, Simon Peter's mother's house, mother-in-law's house. And there is that part in the song that we just sang. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He really does. He really does. And we're made a kingdom and priests. To reign with the sun. Is He worthy? Oh, you bet He's worthy. He gave His own life for us, and He's going to come again. And that's what the Book of Revelation is really all about. So, thank you, Karen. Thank you for the leading us. Thank you, Choir, for singing this song, this anointed song. Wow. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He really, really, he does. So glad you're here this morning. We're continuing our series in the book of Revelation. Just a quick commercial. If I can sing in the choir, you can too. So there you go. (laughs) Amen. There you go. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great. As followers of Jesus, we have a lot to look forward to. Yes, we are dying, but Christ stands ahead of us and he greets us. And we will be getting ready to meet the king. Some of the major themes of uh, revelation are found in these chapters that we're going to look at. Chapter 6 and 7 this morning. One of the major themes of revelation is the plot of justice. The plot of justice and really judgment. And you're going to see how Judgment is rolled out in these next couple chapters coming up. We'll be introduced to the judgment in the seals, and then the judgment in trumpets in 8 and 9, and then the bulls in chapter 16. And what was really helpful to me were a couple thoughts when you think about the plot of justice and judgment. First of all, the king, our heavenly father, is the punisher, our heavenly father is also the legislator, he gives the law. He's also the judge, and his son is the one who's declared guilty on our behalf. As we look at the judgments that are coming, each cycle depicts God's kingdom and justice coming, and the Apostle John weaves them together. Out of the, out of the seven seals, out of the seventh seal comes the seven trumpets, out of the seven, seventh trumpet comes the seven bowls seven seals out of that seven trumpets out of that seven bowls think if you will this visual might be helpful to you think of it as you will uh, as russian dolls have you ever seen those before dolls within dolls within dolls that that was really helpful to me and ultimately it culminates in the final judgment all with matching conclusions. Then the other theme that you that's in throughout the book of Revelation and um, what we really have to get our heads around is what I termed the almost no one can withstand suffering reality. That's not really good English. But it's the best I could do. The almost no one can stand without suffering. One of the major themes in the book of Revelation, and it's usually connected with martyrs, we'll see in the difficult fifth seal, where the martyrs ask, how long? Those who are washed in the blood. And you will, ask, you will hear them say, how long, Lord, how long? You will see these who are suffering wave palm branches. And if that triggers something like Palm Sunday, you're tracking Palm Sunday, remember what they said, Hosanna, which means God God save us? Here, here in chapter 7, the switch will be this. You saved us. Or as Greg Anderson said last week when he was here, when we get to heaven, we'll look at Jesus and say, what you said, you pulled off, you did. You redeemed us, you rescued us. Thank you, Jesus. That's what you'll see. And finally, what you'll see in the book of Revelation continually is endurance, the call for endurance. This is a difficult word to fully translate from the original language into English. It's used of toil when a person comes upon another one, when a person has toil at that comes against his will, excuse me. The word endurance has this suffering aspect of grief, of shock, of battle, of the coming of death. But as the word was later used, it came to mean this, spiritual staying power. Endurance, spiritual staying power. The reason why that's so important to understand is that's different than grit hang in there it's different than that it's spiritual staying power now this idea about endurance you see this you see this in chapter two and three the, the the churches that were encouraged to endure and then Pergamum to hold fast Thyatira to grow to to grow in their love the the understanding of the church in Sardis that just a few remain but keep remaining only the lukewarm church, Laodicea, did not, was not told to endure. In fact, they were told to wake up. It's used all the time in the New Testament, like 45 times. And if you asked what might be the big three in the New Testament, in the church, they would all agree. Paul writes this, We rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. James also a pillar of the church Jesus's little brother says this for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow endurance fully developed and and Peter Jesus's good friend says this for God is pleased when when his conscious will you patiently endure unjust treatment so that idea of endurance comes with the idea that probably most likely Often is bank on it unjust treatment will happen so where have we been if you're joining us this morning just a quick review here's where we've been we linked chapter 4 and chapter 5 together and there's no better way than to link them by asking the question the choir saying who is worthy that was the question who is worthy Throughout history, nations have thought they are worthy. They believe that their might, that their military strength, their financial power is worthy proofs of God's blessing. Many nations have thought that certainly the gods, God, somebody up there, will use them to achieve his purposes. And then nations stumble on Revelation chapter 5. Remember, Revelation, best summed up, broad strokes, is the Lamb wins. The Lamb wins. So here's where we're going today. Uh, We'll look at chapter 6 of uh, Revelation, and we will see what has been called the four horsemen. And you will see the one who opens the scroll. He's the same one who opened the eyes of the blind man. John, here, in the book of Revelation, also uses that same word in John chapter 9, when Jesus heals a blind man. And then Jesus makes this powerful statement with the interaction with that blind man. In John chapter 9, verse 39, Jesus says this, For judgment I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind." At the end of chapter 6 there will be this widespread of people including the top five influencers and everyone else it's beautiful how it said slave and free and they asked this question if in chapter 4 and 5 they asked who is worthy to open the scroll in 6 they asked this question who can withstand all of the seals or the wrath of the Lamb Who is worthy was the one question. Who can withstand is the next question. In chapter 7, you get two answers to that question. The ones who are sealed and the ones who are marked by blood. So, what we'll see is we'll see the church that's militant. Make sure you understand what that word militant means. He's fighting God's fight the way he fights it. The best way to do that is to look at Jesus. Second way that you'll see, you'll see the church triumphant and reminded that it's all true. God intends to dwell with us. So this message is entitled, When Evil Seems to Rule, When Evil Seems to Rule, God Sees and God Seals. So I want to encourage you to to, uh, find a Bible. Uh, Your Bible, the Pew Bibles are page 1065, and we're going to read God's Word because uh, chapter 1, verse 3 gives us these instructions. You're supposed to read it out loud, and then you're supposed to hear it. Hear it meaning let the Spirit of God speak to your heart, and then you're supposed to actually apply it. Actually apply it. So, as we read this, it's on page 1065. I want you to look for the lamb sightings. What do you mean by that? You'll see the lamb sightings all over the place in chapter 6 and 7. In the English translations, these will help us on the paragraph breaks. And you'll see it again and again and again. You'll see that the lamb opens, you'll see that the lamb seals, you'll see that the lamb has wrath you'll see that the Lamb is worshipped. So reading in Jesus' name, let's see how the Lamb wins. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. And then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. And when the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its riders were given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. And when the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked and before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice "...among the four living creatures, saying two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. And when the the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, "'Come!' I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword." famine and plague and by the wild beasts of the earth. And when he, the he is the lamb, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Then each of them was given a white robe. And they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves. And among the rocks of the mountains, they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. The great day of their wrath has come. And who can withstand it? After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from the tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. And after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne. And around the elders and the four living creatures, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And one of the elders asked me, The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. This is the living, inspired word of God and it is so true. Let us pray. We have come and given you our courses of praise Your word says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear and honor of the Lord, and so we respect, stand in awe of your exalted throne. You are worthy of song. You are worthy of silence. So open up our eyes as you did the Apostle John and help us see what we as a church will look like in heaven and who we really are here on earth. It's in your authoritative, worthy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we read all that. What are some things that we can take away with us? Understand this that the Lamb is the one who opens. He's the only one who opens. He's the only one who opens. And the La- Lamb's wrath is inescapable. The reason why we make that such an important point is just a simple question. When. You look at chapter 6 ask this question who's doing the actions who takes the initiative who has the authority or who does the verbs it's Jesus he's in control the first of the horsemen many scholars believe is the Antichrist it's a seal for war we're introduced to the Antichrist here The imitator and opponent who resembles, looks like, initially, our Lord, our Savior, our best friend, King Jesus. But the bow weapon reference gives a hand and and tips it off. The bow weapon was the choice of a great enemy of the people of God, the choice of a nation called Gog, not G-O-D, G-O-G. You can read more about it in Ezekiel 38 through 39. But the other reason why is because the, the next horsemen that follow, what do they bring? If you read about the first horseman, it, it says that he overcomes. He, he has conquest. He conquers. It's that word Nike. But what he conquers is really quite interesting. And you'll see it in the second horseman. The second horseman is understood to be that of conquest. Look what the second horseman takes away. The second horseman takes away peace. That's what Jesus came to do. And the second horseman is bent on killing each other. And Jesus clearly said in John 10.10, I come that you might have life and have life abundantly has nothing to do with our Lord. Number three seal is seen and interpreted to be famine or scarcity, crazy inflation and wealth hoarding. That's how that's seen. Number four, the fourth seal is a quarter of the earth's population dies. Coming out of a global pandemic, that's not too too hard to see, huh? These are the four horsemen. Now, the one who opens the seals is who? King Jesus. And, and judgment will come. The fifth seal, of course, are murdered Christian martyrs. And their innocent blood rises to our Father. And they're saying, how much, how much longer? How much longer? Is there meaning, any meaning to this butchery What's going on? The fifth seal, you see the word avenge. That's more accurate than, than, than some translation says make things right. When are you going to avenge this? Where is this going? And then you get to the sixth seal. This mind-bending natural disasters of earthquakes and sun blackened and stars falling from the sky. And this is where you see it line up with other scripture in Isaiah chapter 2 and Joel chapter 2 and back to Isaiah 34, 4, which says this, all the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. All the starry hosts will fall like withered leaves from the vine, shriveled figs from the tree. And the sixth seal ends with this question. Who is able to stand who is able to withstand in the sixth seal notice the top five tier people kings leaders generals and then this great phrase and everyone else I guess we'd fall into that category right who can withstand this it shouldn't come as a shock this shouldn't this this chapter shouldn't come as a shock for people who read the Gospels for our Lord, King Jesus, the Lamb of God who walked on earth, he said these things in Matthew 24. He said, false Christs will come, wars, famines, death by persecution. And then this verse is tucked away a few verses down. After he says all these things, Jesus says in Matthew 24:14, but the good news of the kingdom will spread throughout the world. So it would be totally acceptable if you're hearing this message, to think, so how'd that work out, Pastor? All this butchery go on? All this blood of the saints? How'd that work out? Well, you can make your decision. Um, At the time of Rome's peak, they had 200 million, two million, excuse me, two million square miles. This was their emperor. Empire right here all that's in the red can you see that Uh, you can maybe catch your you know there's Italy right there there's Rome Spain's on the left of course Middle East is over here this is Rome at its height by 325 Rodney Stark in the rise of Christianity said this this is Christianity all of these areas were influenced by the power of the gospel and the expanse of the gospel 50% 50% of the known world were followers of Christ. Wow. The Bible says that God's kindness leads to repentance. It is his long-suffering, for he desires that more and more people would come to know Christ. William Barclay, a, a New Testament scholar says this a Christless world is a callous world and mercy was never a characteristic of a pagan life let me read that again a Christless world is a callous world and mercy was never characteristic of a pagan life our father hears the cries of those who are suffering and the six seals reveal the midst of the horror God hears and he sees the elect and here's the hinge Revelation 6:16 6, through 17, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and read with me those five words. Ready? On your market set, read. And who can withstand it? That's the hinge. We get a sneak preview of God's future now. We get a sneak preview of Revelation chapter 7 it's an interlude it's a pause in the seals you get heaven's perspective and this kind of pause is repeated in 11 chapter 12 chapter 14 chapter 15 why is it repeated so that we get this really clear the lamb wins the lamb wins so here's what we can take away from chapter 7 the seal of God marks the beloved and the lamb is also a shepherd the seal marks the beloved and the lamb is also a shepherd w- what's that all about sealing sealing is a stamp of ownership a mark of genuineness a guarantee of security it means you belong to him question How do I know if I'm sealed? Here's a few questions for you. Do you love Jesus more? More than you did while you were younger, maybe? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. He is the sanctifier, the one who changes you. Does God's truth have a pull in your heart when you read God's word? Do you kind of go, oh, that makes sense. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the enlightener, the light bulb illuminator. Do you find yourself in distress, being pulled into hurtful habits? In other words, three steps forward, four steps back. One time praising, one time repenting. One time praising, one time doubting. Welcome to the church militant. Doesn't mean be a jerk. It means that there's spiritual forces that are battling you. And there's someone that wants to lop your head off and damn you to hell. The Spirit of God is both the seal and the sealer. Both and. Seal and sealer. Why do you say that? Well, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says this, you were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You see the seal again in, nine, in chapter nine. You see it in 14.1. You see it in 22.4. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. wow. If you want to read more about this you can do some detective digging if you want to go to Ezekiel 9 4 write this down Ezekiel 9 4 if you want to look at that word that's called put a mark on their foreheads the word mark is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet now this is going to get technical but it's really cool the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet is called tau T-A-W. And as that word developed through Phoenician development, the word was seen as a T or could be seen as an X. X marks the spot. The first letter of Christ in Greek is an X. Millions of believers around the world will be marked with an X on their forehead this Wednesday, sealing them as people of the cross. One pastor said this, if you're a Christian, that is if you have anchored your trust in the perfect life and self-donating death of Jesus on your behalf, then you must know that God smiles on, over you before you ever lift a f- finger to do anything good. Christianity is different than moralism because unlike moralism, God's embrace is given at the beginning of your journey versus having to wait till the end. God does not love us because we first loved him. No, we love God. We love God because he first loved us. Wow. The actual list that's there, there's lots of numbers that are used here. So I'm going to take my best stab at it with just and, and not get too far in the ditch. But you see all these numbers. What about the 144,000? What, what's with the 12 and the 10 and all that kind of thing? Numbers are important. Numbers are super important. But this list is different from any other Old Testament list of 12 tribes. Compare it to Numbers chapter 1 and you will see different, very important, yet nuanced differences the promotion of tribes the exclusion of some namely Dan and Levi has added what's important is to understand that repeated theme in Revelation is connected to perfection and authority the number 12 in the Bible is seen by perfection and authority it is squared the number 10 is the number of completeness And if you take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, you see that Gentiles and Jews are reconciled through Christ. You get this understanding that we are, as Gentiles, fully vetted members of the house of God. So much more. I don't mean to blow over that, but we can visit more if you want to talk about that. Who can stand those who are sealed but the second answer for those who can stand is another number you see the specific numbers 12,000 12,000 12,000 12,000 but then there's a second number that comes in verse 9 it's an unaccountable number among the nations you can't count them they came out of the great great tribulation. They endured. White doesn't become wh- white doesn't become white by pure blood. You ever try to get a blood out of a garment? It doesn't work. The ones who could stand are those who endured. Those who are washed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four, thirteen, the one who endures will be saved. He said in Mark thirteen. The person who endures to the end will be saved. "By endurance, you will save your life," Jesus said in Luke 21:19. I know there's so much more we could say and unpack, and I apologize. We didn't hit all of the important points, but we got it through it. Here's how I want to end. First of all, I want to I give you a picture to strengthen you. I want to give you this picture. I want to give you a picture of Jesus who pursues you as the Lamb. He runs after you. Think about that in light of Luke chapter 15. The second thing I want to give you is a verse. How do you endure difficult times? You've got to have God's Word in your heart. So the verse that I printed there for you, and if you're watching online or listening, you can go to our website, download this. This is 2 Corinthians 2, verse 21 through 22. It is God who makes... Both us and you stand firm in Christ. He's anointed us and set a seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And finally this, I want to give you a blessing to send you. You may not have children in your home. You may have grandchildren. But this blessing came to me. I was a, I'm part of a book club with other Lutheran brethren pastors and uh, Pastor in California said, You know, this is what I send my kids out each day. If you're listening on the radio, I want to just read this to you. Not that you can't read, but listen to what it says. We live on mission. I'm not what I do, and I'm not what I have. I'm not what people say about me. I am the beloved of God. It's who I am. No one can take it from me. I don't have to worry, I don't have to hurry. I can trust my friend Jesus and share his love with the world. Those are your marching orders. When's Christ going to come back? I don't know. But I know this is true. I know he sends me because I'm his son. He sends you because you're his daughter. He sends you because you're his son. May your heart be strengthened. When evil seems to rule, God sees and God seals.